on top of that. I mean, GSP used the analogy of like having like your confidence being your ATM card and your, your skill development being like your bank account. Like you have, if you have all Ooh, skill, rewind that, rewind that. I'm so sorry. I just high as fuck. Like I was like, damn, this is brilliant. And then I was like, what did he just say? So, so, <laughs> GSP said like the eight, your confidence is your ATM card and your, your skill is your bank account. So it's like, if you have this immense amount of skill stowed away from doing all the right things, right. But, um, that's great. But if you don't have the confidence to ac access that skill set when it comes to crunch time, when it comes to competition time, then it doesn't matter. And vice versa. If you have like confidence in yourself, so you have the ATM card, but you don't have shit in your bank account, then, you know, it doesn't really matter either. So it's about trying to find the balance between those two. And Gordon, like Gordon Ryan talked about, you know, he did this DVD um, mindset and he said like, it's better to be like underconfident in training and overconfident in competition essentially, which is just saying like, when you go into the training room, you should have the beginner's mindset, but you should like assume you know nothing so that you can pick up details that you would otherwise miss, right? Because they're not salient to you. And then when you go out to compete, you have to be in, like, I know what I'm doing. You have to be confident in the skills you've developed and that will work out on the map because otherwise you're just going to be second guessing yourself all the time. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, we are live. So, <laughs> so uh, I think that's a great point to say. Like, I am Justin. I am El Yaguayer. This is <laughs> this is Lucas Pucas, the man, oh, the myth, <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend. This man is a purple belt. Let's go. This man is a genius. Everything in the realms of at least jujitsu. <laughs> Bro, you you on some woke stuff like. I'm definitely going to start the podcast with just, like, that big thing, like, GSP one set, and then the analogy, just, like, I'm hot. <laughs> the analogy, bro, it's beautiful. No, it's, it's good. He's, I mean, and he's, like, a good champion to look at, and you know, and he's, uh, me and Nick were just talking the other day, if you look at his corner in early UFCs, it's, like, Farah Sahabi, John Donaher, Freddie Roach, like... You know, he's got this crazy pool of talent that's been been teaching him, so you know. Alright guys, and we also have the man, the myth, the legend, the legendary BTK. I mean BK. He's <laughs> not the serial killer, we're not gonna get that oh, confused. No, I'm not I'm not a killer by any means. He's soft as shit, bro. <laughs> um <laughs> No, but welcome. This is the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> we don't we don't know exactly what we're gonna call this yet. So I like the Jag and Friends. Jag and Friends, bro. That sounds beautiful. That sounds absolutely the beautiful. The Jag off hour. Oh, the Jag off hour. I love that. Whoa, whoa, whoa! We're, you put that motion in. Yeah, I, I was hitting my leg. I wasn't doing anything dirty. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, dog, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. When are you going to come in for a jiu-jitsu class? When I, when I feel like uh, y'all are worthy of taking my you know, skill set on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Brandon, what is your record? 
in Muay Thai. What was your when I was a kid, it was like 33 and 17 or something like that. It's pretty good. He did not have 50 fights when he was a kid. You did not. I'm calling bullshit, bro. I want to see proof. All right. That's crazy. I have to talk to my dad about it. <laughs> I have to find it. Yeah, I got beat up a lot. I, <laughs> 33 and 17 that's extensive bro that is uh, that's a crazy yeah, record as a kid through, um, 14 and then I fought we fought a lot of weekends I mean like wrestling once tournaments every, like once every other weekend something like that and we'd have like one to two fights and sometimes I mean we would have our breaks like winter break like in school we'd have that time off to be able to relax catch up breathe not be broken because I mean after a few fights there was just one kid I mean he was a senior Fought him multiple times, multiple occasions. Lost to him every time except for once. And I think I fought him five times. Dude was six foot two, probably like two hundred something pounds. I'm a freshman in high school, <laughs> so you can see. So you choked him out, was, right? Oh hell no! Yeah, you I did. eventually beat him by kicking him, um, but it it wasn't by a knockout. It was it was by a TKO because I kept knocking him down by hitting him in the in the kneecap. Yeah, that's all I did. He's trying to end his career, bro. He said, fuck you. No, I'm just, <laughs> excuse my French. You're good. The first time I thought of me, put me in the hospital. So. I would have dodged yeah. it. I had a broken nose. Why? Fucked up lip. Yeah. Why'd you, why'd you stop fighting? And do you feel like you got anything out of fighting when you were like, um, in high school? The reason why I stopped fighting is because um, I, wanted to do, I wanted to focus on more sports like track, football. And I was trying to do soccer and baseball, but then I just kind of gave up and focused on just track and football. But it was just, it was so much. And I was always getting constantly like injured from like either fighting, from football, because I couldn't recover as well doing all that at once. Yeah. And it was like, oh, football practice from here to here. Straight to um, practice for Muay Thai or kickboxing. And then I would do that, get home at like nine, and I'm fucking exhausted because then yeah. I go right back to school. And, um, I just eventually was just like, I can't do this anymore. It's too much. But originally, I got into it at the age of four because my mom put me in there because I was bullied a lot when I was younger because I was skinny. I was small. I was... And you were soft. Probably. No, I'm kidding. I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. I was just a small kid. and I was a premature kid. So you're not really built very big until you hit puberty. Um, so they just put me in there. But they taught me don't fight anybody unless you have to and they taught me if you get grabbed and you can't get away then that's when you fight if I get pushed if I get punched if I get anything kicked whatever elbow I can <laughs> I simply walk away from that situation oh I just elbow it taught me it taught me a lot about self defense it taught me a lot about self control it taught me a lot about patience especially with people who are aggressive um, taught me a lot how to deal with that aggressiveness, but also try to de-escalate situations before you get to that point. But also taught me a lot about technique, taught me a lot about structure, taught me a lot about scheduling. Um, and um, taught me a lot about randomness of other people. Randomness of other people? Yeah. What do you mean? Because you never know what they're going to fucking do. Yeah. What their skill set is. Yeah. Well, me personally, I'm a third degree black belt. In ta Taekwondo, something like that. Uh, I got the certificate of authentication when I was probably like thirteen. Honestly, like Being a Taekwondo black belt. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Sure. 
I'm the Jag, bro. That's how I was born. They know. saw that shit and they were like, yo. Let me see your question mark pick. Oh, bro, you... you question bro, I would kill you. Check this, check this, check this. So literally, you throw like a teep. Okay. So for everyone just listening right now, I, I had to stand up and... Showing off some expert level skills. That's like a um, karate. A dude who fought in a karate thing. Do you want to get kicked? You, you couldn't get your leg up. Bro, 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 bro. I can, I can smack people like... <laughs> oh, you would have gotten killed, bro. I would have got that head. What, if they're, what if they're like question, three foot six? That is. Well, what you mean? The question... Are you talking about the one where it's like... In, it, oh, comes up, it comes yeah. up like a teep. But then you turn to a round box. Like, no. right, right, right. That's so, not, that's that not is it. a question mark. That is a question mark. No. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I can't do it because like, I don't have the boom. flexibility. No, it's, it's you fake like you're going to kick and then you go up and back and you hit him in the jaw. It's like an that's X. That's not a question mark. Is that, that is it? not a question yeah. mark. Yeah. That's like a screw. Okay, we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm no, dude, the question mark, it comes up like a T and then you switch it to a roundhouse. So you think, like, the other person thinks that a teep's coming at them and then they just get hit in the side of the head and they're like, what? Uh, because Deuce, Deuce, Isaac, all the dudes we train with at Rogue, like, I get flapped by some question mark. I know what question mark kicks are, my guy. <laughs> like, one one day. <laughs> no, he's going to do the, re- re- the the reverse, whatever he did, like the straight yeah, to the looks, chin. It looks like an S. It's just rolls. The only shape we, we care about, my guy, is the J for the Jag. You wrestled in high school, right? Yeah. There you go. Dude, honestly, no. I was, <laughs> like, I was not the best. Uh, but I did try my... I, did my best like i started wrestling eighth grade year uh because i started doing like sports in seventh grade because i was like a chunky chunky kid yeah i've seen the pictures i was was adorable bro i was a chunky (laughs) bro i used to when i first like started wearing glasses i wanted to get glasses like my brother and he he wore like those wire glasses you know what i'm saying and i and i wanted to like look different from everyone so i'd like I'd have like two different colored like pencil grips and I put them on the sides of the glasses. And then I had like my little afro going, dude. It, that shit was fluffed out. I uh I never was a fan of wrestling. I thought it was stupid, but I mean, I did try it when I was younger, when I was in like middle school. What turns you off? The singlets? Definitely. That, no, no, no. That <laughs> turns you yeah. on, bro. They, Look they at you. It so that you can wear like Compression t-shirt. Oh, like really? Yeah. Short, short, yeah, because so many people do. kind of like what you wear for a track. I mean, like wrestling is a fucking grind, man. Like, huh? like high school. Like, there's, there's no... That was my favorite part. There's no glory. Nobody wants to come watch wrestling. Like, no. like our, our room was like in the middle of a basement indoor track. It was hot. It was miserable. And it's a constant, like, you're, weight. You're cutting weight all the time. You know, you're, you're constantly competing, like, every Wednesday and Saturday, we had, we had meets and tournaments, like, but it, it teaches you a lot, like, it teaches you about discipline and how to cut weight, and it teaches you how to grind really hard, and about the feet, you know, that's the one thing I like about combat sports or individual sports, is, like, it, there's no excuse for failure, 
right? There's mm-hmm. no like, oh, well, if this guy had blocked better here or what, or what it's, you know, I, I lost today because this guy was better than me and what, what can I do to, fi- to fix that? It did teach me about leverage, like using their body against themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's huge for, for, I mean, there's a reason that so much, so many of the UFC champions started in some form of wrestling or at the very least high level competent wrestlers because it's such like an essential skill in the in the realm of fighting yeah and and in jiu-jitsu you know like so many schools now in jiu-jitsu don't wrestle whether they don't have the room or you know they just start from the ground and like it's such a pivotal skill to have in grappling mm-hmm. with grappling even in Muay Thai, I mean, your ability to clinch and, and grapple people and move them is enough, is, is huge, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you would know better than me. Yeah, that's literally like, <laughs> I guess that's, that's one of the big things about Rogue uh, and the fact that we train Muay Thai. We don't train kickboxing Muay Thai or anything like that. Like, we try and train like Muay Thai, Muay Thai. Like, we work clinch. We work a lot of movement in clinch. Uh, one of my favorite things to do, bro, is literally, like, I'll start with, like, something nice and long range, like, either a jab, teep, cross, something like that, and then I land forward, and I go into clinch, and I land a couple knees, uh, I, bro, if I can land an elbow right there, that'd be beautiful, I love my elbows, like, ah, dude, it's been way too so- long since I've fought, but at the same time, I don't know, dude. Back to grappling. That's where we were. I love that stuff. <laughs> I get. I go on tangents, guys. Uh, but it is what it is. Clinching and Muay Thai makes such a big difference when we go to compete. Like, I would say it's literally like if somebody who knows how to clinch is losing a fight and the other dude has no idea what's going on. Like, it's just saucing up but doesn't know what clinch is. If you get them in a clinch, it's over. Uh, because they don't know how to exit, they'll get knees straight in the head. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a really powerful tool in Muay Thai. And it's what makes it really different from kickboxing. Uh, but yeah, dude, no, I was like, <laughs> just grappling, period. That, like, just that little bit of knowledge makes such a big difference. Like, I was I was not the best wrestler, period. Like I wrestled for two, three years. I say two, three because I got kicked off the team for doing literally like I got caught selling like edibles, bro. I can see that. No. (laughs) Allegedly. Allegedly. Like not confirmed. You got allegedly got caught selling edibles. Yeah. And uh, yeah, for optics you were removed from from the wrestling team. Uh, yeah, <laughs> allegedly. Exactly. Allegedly. And then they blamed me. They're like, yo, is this kid? And I was like, what? And then I, off the wrestling team, was wild. Uh, allegedly. <laughs> um, but that little bit of wrestling I do have, it makes such a big difference when I'm grappling, like whether it's in jujitsu or I go into clinch. Like it's just a different understanding of like positioning. How to like work somebody's body is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a huge benefit. Knowing how to pin somebody, knowing how to take them down, how to off-balance them. Um, you know, all of that stuff is 
directly applicable to and to any sport really you know like but i was lucas just got beat up by a dog yeah um in case you guys were mr bucus that's that's what happened um now what is muay thai taught you and what is jujitsu taught you (laughs) minus the fighting obviously okay lucas you're up first my guy I'm gonna get some water. Well, get me some tea. Um, I have body armors in there if y'all want. There's two of them. Yeah, sure. But this is a non-sponsored podcast. Yeah, it does. It's a coffee. Even better. Body armor. I'm not taking the last one. You're so sweet. I can't have any because I'm getting my teeth pulled. So you might as well take that because I won't be able to drink it for a week, at least. And by then, I'm gonna be getting more anyway. Go ahead and take it. There you go. Plus, it's my least favorite flavor. Well, you're my least favorite. No, I'm kidding. Do you guys hear how sweet this kid is? (laughs) Stop yawning. I mean, jujitsu, like, has taught me many, many things, and I think it's valuable for many, many reasons. You know, like, I get that. I think they're all equally valuable, but like one example is I think Jesus Christ, there's 45 grams of the, sugar in the this. Be- I think the benefit <laughs> you'll be fine of, of like one big benefit of, of jujitsu and like that community is that it's a it's a social hierarchy that's completely based on work ethic, essentially and, and, and morals so like the, the only thing that matters in the gym is how hard you're working, how good of a of a training partner and student and classmate you are, and uh, like you know what your attitude towards other people is, and so and there are very few environments that are a true meritocracy, like the jujitsu gym or like the martial arts gym is, because nobody gives a fuck if you're from you know if you're from the banking district or if you're coming from a dishwashing job or if you're doing anything like that it's just like who are you on the mats and I think you know one of those the benefits there too is it's an escape for, for every day you know there's like um, there's a cliche in jiu-jitsu that's like uh, it's hard to think about anything else when somebody's trying to strangle you right so it's like get, having an opportunity to go somewhere where there's kind of this forced mindfulness practice where you better be in the moment or you're somebody's gonna fucking you know crank on your arm pretty good so you're forced to not that that happens but you, like the threat the, da- the threat of danger is there and, and the, you know the results matter and you know to you it's it's like they matter to you personally they, yeah exactly and like on a personal level they matter which is exactly what you need to get into flow states right flow is wh- where like the the results have to matter and you have to walk this line of of confidence versus like um, like your personal skill level versus challenge like how how demanding is the challenge and so you know the benefit of having all these different training partners as the challenge goes and so you you can end up in this flow state and uh, you know another thing that like Sam Harris he's a neuroscientist he has a really cool piece on that he wrote about jiu-jitsu called the pleasures of drowning and in it he talks about how essentially it's the ultimate Pavlovian response, right? You're being put in these positions where someone could theoretically kill you, and then you're being taught how to get out of those positions and then 
impose your will on somebody else. So on some level, psychologically, it's kind of like the ultimate positive reinforcement because you're like, oh, this is a life-saving skill. Um, you know, even though we're all just like, we're all friends in the gym and, and there's a deep camaraderie. But in terms of like my personal development, it's, yeah, it's taught me how to work really, really hard at things. Uh, what, it, what it, you know, because I don't have, I don't feel that I have any particular like innate or inborn athletic ability that other people don't have. I think it's just like my progression has been strictly the result of trial and error and hard work and discipline and studying and then, you know, studying techniques from these great teachers and then taking them back to the lab and trying them without ego, you know, because, you know, you have to try stuff over and over again and fail and get crushed in practice because you've never hit it before and you, maybe you hit the wrong angle on the entry or what, and you end up in bad positions and you just have to accept that, like, this is a trial and error process and you're going to get smashed a thousand times just to add one little nugget to your overall, overall repertoire. You're my little nugget. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Gordon, Gordon has, I don't who knows if he actually fucking said this, but like I saw a meme with Gordon Ryan on it one time and it was like, you know, I get tapped 10 times in class. Ask yourself if you're still training without an ego. And it's like, the idea is even at the pinnacle, you should be taking chances. Like you should be trying new innovative stuff that might or might not work. And sometimes these like little experiments aren't like a day thing. It's like, you know, maybe you spend a month working on a specific subsystem of your jujitsu. Like, oh, my, you know, my, my outside actually run again. And then you're like, oh, fuck, I just wasted a month. Like, that, that was totally wrong. Somebody comes in and shows, but you have to be understanding that you can't be married to the idea. Like, it's just like science, right? Like, there's the basic premises, and those are there for good reason, because we've, we have trial, we've, we've gone through this, like, unbiased method, the Socratic method to test these ideas and they work here and like the principles are true, like leverage in jiu-jitsu and wedges and like, you know, whatever. But you also have to be willing to be kind of a maverick and try what's on the cutting edge in order to keep up with, with the game. That's crazy. So real quick, just to make sure I'm understanding this right, way earlier in the your reasoning for your love of jiu-jitsu, which was very eloquently put and very beautiful, beautiful, good things. sir. Yeah. Um, but you you said the term Pavlovian response. Yeah. That refers to like Pavlov and this dog, right, mm -hmm. with the bell. Mm -hmm. Wait, okay, I got you. Yeah, it's like the innate response. Yeah, it's it's classical conditioning. Yeah. It's kind of like a good symbol that they use. Like, yeah, Pavlov associated the sound of a bell with the dog being fed so when he would ring the bell the dog would begin to salivate expecting the food response not even necessarily understanding why so it's like in in all living organisms i mean even in plants plants can classically associate condition like so plants can use the vibration or the sound of water running and grow towards it that would be a classical Conditioned response, right? It's just a re direct response to a specific environmental stimuli, um, and so for people, that's like what, what I'm saying is that le that level of response is goes very very deep, right? To the most basic organisms, because we all have this obvious desire to respond. Even single-celled organisms move 
away from harmful stimuli and towards good ones. So it's like this idea of learning how to survive is so hardwired in, in us, and I think that's a big reason why people get so fucking addicted to the sport. That's what Sam Harris says. What do I know? And who is Sam Harris, for those who don't know? Sam, Sam's a, he's a somewhat controversial. Um, no, but he, he's a philosopher and neuroscientist from Stanford who's written a number of books. And I think he's a BJJ blue belt, might be a purple belt by this time. But he's written a lot of really, really good stuff, uh, like <laughs> The Moral Landscape or waking up for you know islam and the future of tolerance and you know he's he's he was he's an atheist he's called one of the four horsemen with you know christopher hitchens and, and christopher pratt yeah. <laughs> the like, guardian we're talking about the guardians of the galaxy but anyway he's he's, he's just kind of like a, a an intellect who's into jujitsu and that that was his piece on it so what about you and you are Shoot, bro, I had another really good question. Okay. Uh, He's you, <laughs> leave me alone. Weed is a memory loss drug, kids. Do not smoke it. I do not do the weeds. <laughs> I will put on public record, I do not do the weeds. Why do I smoke the beer and you smoke like the Why do I feel like this is the new between two ferns, but he's not acting? This is actually... That's... <laughs> 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 Actually, intervention for you, Justin. Oh, jeez. Sorry, what was your question? Um, uh, Shit. Okay, I got you. Let's go. So you also referred to the Socrates, 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 Socrates principle. Yeah. And like, yeah, I am. I am silly, bro. Like, hit me with a brief explanation. Guys, this is this is for the viewers in particular. Me personally, I have my associate's degree. I have taken my psychology class. I have taken all the classes I need for an associate's degree. So basically, I am a professional in everything com- that comes with <laughs> speak, Lucas. <laughs> speak. Well, I mean, you know, there's people who are definitely better equipped to speak on Socrates than, than me. But the, like, generally, Socrates was a was a philosopher and, and and great thinker back in in ancient Greece. It was like sometime in 400 BCE or something. I don't know. I, I shouldn't say facts without knowing them. But he, <laughs> he, he essentially developed this rigorous mode of thought that was about testing like stimulus and response. It was like the, the Socratic method is essentially the underlying... Um, principle for scientific inquiry in the sense that it's like you come up with a hypothesis, you come up with an idea about how how I'm playing with a dog, bro. How to like you believe like how uh I'm sorry, bro. Look at this dog. A, um, a, a dependent variable is going to be impacted by an independent variable or how like how things are going to play out in the world so that the idea in terms of jujitsu would be like you know how does this new like how does this new technique hold up in a variety of circumstances right you have this environment this testing environment which is going to be the training room or the people that you train with and <laughs> And, 
you're collecting this this set of data, which is all of their responses, and then so you're seeing how and where this technique is viable, and like where it's actually going to work if it's going to work, and then and then you repeat the process over and over and over again until you develop your game around that that principle. So in short, like the reason you started jujitsu is because you said you really enjoy the environment. You you enjoy it. The, the feeling knowing that you can always get better. Yeah. Essentially. Well, yeah, yeah, and it's like the... I've always loved problem solving, and I've always loved um, athletics. And so it's like, you know, you really have to think about this, this set of problems in a very deep way. Um, and again, the results matter. There was like the, a negative result is you facing potential injury. And then, um, yeah. And then not only do you have to understand these things consciously, like consciously, you also have to train your body to be able to act them out in real time, which I think is so cool. It's like a, it's, it's it literally is a physical game of chess. I love that. That's, I train, Muay Thai, I train jiu-jitsu, I play with wrestling, I don't really train wrestling too heavy. Oh, that's gum, that's more gum, I can use more gum. Um, just just give me a piece, bro, I just, thank you, bro, I appreciate Going you. Going off of that, like, I mean, that failure, what most people hate and desire, only success and only being able to win, people, a lot of people, I don't know, look at failure as the opposite of a success when it leads to success because you learn from your mistakes. Mm -hmm. And that's what a lot of people don't get. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, learning enough of what not to do is tantamount to learning what to do. Like, it's, this, it's the same oh, thing. Yeah. I mean, everybody's heard the cliche response from Thomas Edison or the quote. Door, 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 door. Where he's like, you know, I learned a hundred ways not to make a light bulb, then I learned one way to make it to make it work, right? And that's part of learning. That's what implicit learning is. is it's, it's like pattern recognition over the course of time, what things work and what things what, what things don't. Another thing I really think is interesting about jujitsu is, you know, essentially there's two broad ways to learn. There's what's called like what I would call algorithmic learning, which is like language. For example, so when you're learning language, you don't learn every combination of words possible. That would be impossible. impossible. Yeah, I mean, it would be, be infeasible. You learn a set of symbols, which are the words, and then you learn a set of rules in which those symbols can come together, which is syntax, right? It's sentence structure, it's mm -hmm. grammar. And that's how you have this, like, this technology or this moving this the set of the symbols that can cube. that can explain what you're what you're thinking right and then there's what's called implicit learning which is pattern recognition over time right when i flip this water bottle and i catch it no no, no flip it on the ground can you do it okay. can you do the bottle flip no ah uh, so you no. soft you're scared of trying oh my god <laughs> um okay we done <laughs> so when you flip the bottle you're not doing the calculations in your head of like how to catch it, right? You're not you're not going, okay, well, 
the bottle weighs X number of grams and is spinning at a specific velocity. You're just, I've seen the bottle flip. I know what a bottle flipping looks like. I know when to reach out my hand like and, and grab it. And that's how you it's because you've seen it a thousand times, right? And that's how like the Google dream AI works. That's how you you pick up patterns in, in your environment and then you put start attaching associations to that. And in, in jiu-jitsu, both of those things are happening, happening simultaneously. You have these moves that are the algorithms, like these are the steps, this is how everything works, here are the principles, here's how leverage works, here's, here's how wedges work, here's how they all tie together in these different positions, and then you have the deep learning or the implicit learning, which is I need to watch this unfold a thousand times to see how many, all the different variations of responses this person can give me, and then Net, like, and then I can have this complete tool to use contextually, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it's like, there's, there's a lot there. <laughs> Justin, this is your podcast. And he's playing with a dog. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry. Uh, she's just, she's adorable. I like dogs. And it's the Jag. I will have you know. We're going to call you Pussycat right now. El Jaguar. El Jaguar. El Jaguar. El Jaguar. El Jagoff. El Jagoff. We like that one. So basically... El Jagoff. Oh, he knows French. Oh, we wee. Ooh, la, la. Peyote. Okay. Ask more questions. Or tell us more about yourself. Dude, so essentially, I'm just going to put on record because I do plan on doing this with a few of my friends, and I think both the man, the myth, the legend, BK, and I think Lucas, like, I'm definitely going to have you guys on a lot. Uh, you guys are the goats, per it. Uh, but essentially, like, where we're at now is the stepping stones to where we build. Like, Lucas has been training jujitsu for... Almost five years. Almost five years. That's a crazy amount of dedication. Yeah. And to somebody like me who hasn't been training jujitsu that much specifically, not even close. Uh, well, and so for the record, I probably missed about a year of that between COVID lockdowns and a meniscus injury. So, but I remember that one. Yeah. I hope you remember COVID. It was literally like two years ago. So I. His meniscus injury. You were there? No, no, no. Oh. No, I... Because you re-injured it then. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But I've, I, I'm missing half my left medial meniscus. So they tried to repair it. We went in. They tried to suture it. And essentially, they, they'll drill, they drill a hole in your femur so that vascularized blood can get to it. To it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, there was essentially like a 50% chance of it holding, but they wanted to do it because I was young. Mm -hmm. And... Um, you know, I did all the rehab, went to PT, got back into jujitsu like eight months later, went in, went to go hit a butterfly sweep on my coach. He's like, two, or like two bucks 50 and yeah. just popped it immediately. But it wasn't like his fault or any, you know, it just, just happened. yeah, it just, it didn't take. So then they just went in and, and cut the rest of the cartilage out. Um, grind on grind. Yeah. So that's, a, I, you know, I'm not a runner. Basically, what what the doctor told me is like, don't. Are you a runner? Nope. Don't be. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. So, you're an extremely smart dude. Like, about uh, to me, to somebody like me, I feel like uh, 
because I, I would say like I'm a regular dude. There's nothing really special. Um, I'd say you're special. You take a, just don't look at my forehead. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> built like a brick wall, baby. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, that knee was built like a fucking battering ram then. Bro, you look like a banana. Get up out of here, bro. Quit with that. Um, I got him off top. But I, me personally, I have been training Muay Thai in particular for about two and a half years. And I've been training Jiu Jitsu for less than that, of course. And I've been focusing on Muay Thai because I love grappling, bro. Like, I love wrestling. I love Jiu Jitsu. I love everything like that. But I feel like I've, like, I'm better than the average person, I would say, but I'm still horrible compared to high level people. Um, Yeah, absolutely. I know, bro, and that's the crazy part about jujitsu. That's the crazy part about combat sports, bro. Like it's it's such a big ocean. It's such a big ocean, and to me, you're like a shark, and to you, Zach is like a shark. I don't know, dude. There's levels to this shit, and it's incredible. It's really incredible. Well, it's... Yeah, I mean... And the other thing is, it's like... Even, you don't want to be the big fish in a small pond. Mm-mm. Like... Okay, it, bro. Yeah, if you want to be good... I mean, it's a, you know, there's... I have, a, I have a rash guard that says Bad Grapplers Club on it. Learning slow and tapping fast. Mm-hmm. Right? And, like, people are like, Oh, you're not bad, or whatever, right? Like, But it's like, it's all, it's all perspective. Right, you know, I are you content being the best guy in your gym? Are you or not? It's like I'm not content just being the best guy in the gym. It's mm-hmm. like you have to like so that means I'll have to move and go somewhere different and find different training partners and go. It's like if that's your pursuit, you have to just you know you can't accept mediocrity and and it's not for everybody. I mean that was part of you know like mine and Brandon's conversation as well like. You know, if it, what what are your actual goals? Is your actual goal to be a world champion? It's like, are you doing what that requires? Because that you know, that's an insane level of dedication. Or do you just want to be a good competitor? Do you want to teach? Because there's no like, you know, John Donaher doesn't have a competition record, but he's con- you know widely considered the most prolific and prestigious teacher around, along with BMAC. He doesn't have some crazy competition record. They're just like very well-versed teachers and they're very good at putting out content and learning how to like structure and organize content um, and sell themselves. But yeah, I mean, so like that's what we were talking about on the way here. It's like, you know, what is your goal? And if you have a real goal, then, then go after it. Cause everybody's fanciful goal is to be a world champion, but what are you doing about it? Like, are you, making the sacrifices are you missing family dinners are you missing birthdays are you traveling are you doing all the things that you need to do to do that you know and after that conversation i had to kind of look at myself and be like no not you know i'm not doing i'm doing a lot but it's like it's not i'm not doing enough and so that's part of the stimulus for for you know us talking about the move you know and just going down there and just fucking going for it you know Mm -hmm. I love that. I absolutely love that. I don't know, dude. Like, you get to this point because you, you just get to this point. Like, you love your gym. You love everything about it. But, yeah, dude, that's crazy. You really, like... Sorry, guys. I, I need to finish the thought. <laughs> so, 
you oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't watch that. I'm sorry. No. Um, where you get to this point where your gym only can raise you so much where it is right now. Uh, and becoming a world champion like everyone wants to be. Everyone who starts fighting, that's immediately like, like oh, I'm the next UFC, dude. I'm, I'm the next McGregor. <laughs> Stuff like that. Um, it really is like the big separator is the amount of time people put in, the amount of dedication people have to getting better, to always, I don't know, like just be better than who they were yesterday. Yeah. Uh, and are you humble? Like, are you willing yeah. to accept help from other people? Are you willing to admit where your faults are? Are you willing to ask somebody to help you with your strength and conditioning if you're not super well-versed in that area? Are you like... You know, are you willing to, to ask people to show you stuff instead of being like, oh, I, you know, mm -hmm. I, I know all the shit or whatever, you know, how, how humble are you willing to be in, on this path forward as well? And like the thing, the thing with the, it's just it, what it comes down to a lot of the time, I don't think is necessarily level of instruction because that can be gr great everywhere, but level of competition in terms of your peers. Because mm -hmm. like, you know, there's platitudes and cliches are there for re it's like iron sharpens iron the, a reason that a lot of these super camps are pumping out such ridiculously high level competitors like Khabib Khabib and DC and you know all those guys from from Dagestan like over at AKA or B team Jiu Jitsu or you know like the new wave team all those guys are just fucking I mean they're going to war every single day with each other might be some Mexican supplements involved but you know there's no testing in jiu-jitsu at least so uh, but yeah they just get after it every day one of my favorite quotes about John uh, Donner John like I know um, about John <laughs> my best friend John a, <laughs> my uh, my idol John my personal uh, coach yeah <laughs> he, uh, he was doing a, an interview with Rogan right and and Rogan's asking him, he's like, do you, so you guys train every day? And Donahue's like, every day. And Rogan's like, so you guys train seven days a week? He's like, seven days a week. He's like, what about Christmas? And John just looks at him and he goes, fuck Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Like, you got to be obsessed if you want to be that, that good. Mm -hmm. You got to be willing to give that time off. Yeah. Fuck Christmas. Yeah, bro, fuck Christmas, man. Yeah. Fuck Christmas. I'm just saying it's a good day. <laughs> it's a good day to, uh... I'm okay with not fighting anymore. I'd rather enjoy shooting guns. Dude, it's so much. Yeah, fuck it's Christmas. So much, it's so much work. If it's you wanna, a lot of work. If you want to be good, it's... It's just damaging to your body, which, mm -hmm. I mean, like, yeah, it's fun and can be fun to a degree. Jiu-Jitsu is not very, like... Well, I mean, it can be if you... Depends on your training. Don't know yours. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, jujitsu is safer, much safer than wrestling or yeah. hockey or like. Because wrestling's more brute, I feel like. Yeah, well, and there's just there's more torque because it's like there's so like the standing component mm -hmm. of it. Knees get twisted in the wrong way on the way to the ground. Yeah. You know, people's hands stick out when they go to catch themselves, or, which is why we work on break falls and stuff. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, jujitsu itself, unless you have a dickhead as a partner, is pretty goddamn safe. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, because there, there should be, 
many, many seconds of time for you to, to tap out before, yeah. you know, or your training partner, or you got to pick your training partners more wisely. Um, you know, I'm never really worried about getting, getting injured. Um, Unless you're rolling with the Jack, because he's a different animal. For, to be frank, hey, shut up. <laughs> he just falls down so quickly when I got to yeah. take him down. Sometimes I'm not ready to catch myself. I already tapped. Right? <laughs> <laughs> already tapped right when you touch him. Says <laughs> so shake hands, tap. Uh, <laughs> wild world. Um, to put on record, I am. The, the blue belt destroyer, the uh, purple belt bomber, um, the, no, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not that bomber. Purple belt popper. I popper, I pop them. Go with the theme, alliteration. We like that here. We like alliteration. Oh my I don't know, dude. It's, it's a really long journey. It is really damaging. But where I'm at right now. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I am 21 years old. It's it's one of my favorite things to do, at least right now. Um, I can't speak to the future me, but I've always loved fighting. Like I grew up fighting with my brother. That's that's where a lot of people come from. But uh, there's just there's, it's such a different aspect. It's such a different beast. It, it's acknowledgement for your personal work and. I, I guess that is very egotistical, but <laughs> it's a cold world, man. It's a cold world. Uh, it might still be like this, the samurai code or whatever it's called. Bushida. The Bushida. Chivalry. <laughs> Chivalry, something like that. I don't know. It's just, there is such a prestigious adrenaline rush that comes with it. Like that level of serotonin, that level of dopamine, it's, it's extremely addicting. Well, people, like, people don't understand the level of fighters i mean like when you watch a ufc event and you're watching for their 15 minutes it's like that's eight to 12 weeks of preparation and starting and, and those are everybody three and three a days yeah. training three times a day through injuries and through you know sweating off 15 pounds at the end of it and flying away from their kids and doing all of this like it is a fucking grind like nobody can even imagine i mean like even like, I have a tiny inkling of an understanding of what a weight cut looks like because I've cut, like, 10, 15 pounds before. But to do all of that on top of the level of competition that they're at is insane. And then they get one chance to go out in front of thousands and thousands of people. Sometimes none. Locked into a Sometimes cage, none. Locked bro. into a, Yeah, sometimes none. And so, sometimes a million. But, and then they're locked, literally locked into a fucking cage with another person who's been training just as hard as them and wants it just as bad because their ability to pay their mortgage might, might rest on the outcome of this fight. Family, huh? you, know, or, you know, or they might get hurt and never be able to fight again and be fucked up for a It's just, it's a crazy pursuit. And it's like, a cool world when it comes to that. I feel like when, when you have that, that dedication, that mindset, I mean, you have to be built different because you do all that. You get ready for all that. You constantly work for it. But when you get there, you could lose in a matter of seconds. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter. I mean, you're a man just as the other guy. You can take one wrong hit and you're done. Yeah. But I feel like it takes the mindset of a great person, great fighter, to get back from that, to get all the way back for another fight after that. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, to lose a fight and come back from it is fucking, it's, it's horrible. I mean, the, like, you know, you get knocked out in front of your friends and the world, and people are talking shit to you on the internet, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, I have tremendous amounts of respect for fighters. So anybody who's like, oh, they're just savages going, it's like they don't understand the sport. At the level of technology. Yeah, the, the level of technique, the level, the level of discipline, the level of dedication, the creativity that it takes to tie it all together, right? The grit to stay in there. And the openings that you have to find. Yeah. I remember like the times I got knocked out, that shit was embarrassing getting back up. I don't remember what happened. I just looked at the guy and then I was on the floor and I'm like, what the fuck? How did I get down here? That's so wild. Uh, because I, like me personally, I am really, I am still really new to the sport. I've only been in it two and a half years. I do Muay Thai, uh, elbows, knees. I've done a bunch of tournaments. I've had three fights. I am 3-0. But... Bro, I'm about to be 4 now. Don't you do those air quotes at me? You <laughs> silly. First. How do you get 6 and 0 before 4 and 0? Exactly. Exactly. You're not there. <laughs> You're not wired like me. We're built different. Uh, where I'm at right now, I I feel like I've went through injury times. I've been through stuff like that. Literally, dude, my my first two two or three tournaments that I went to, I got my ass beat every time I went in front of the fr my friends, the dudes I've spent six, eight, 12 months with, like, it hurts. Uh, and it really makes you think, like, should I keep doing this? Do I want to keep doing this? And every time I get, I have to take rest time. Every time I have to take injury time, every time, like, Maybe I'm just a crack addict uh, or something like that for adrenaline, man. Like, definitely. <laughs> uh, that's definitely part of it. But there's nothing like just walking up, like listening to the music before you fight, looking at the other dude, going up the walkway, going like the moment you step into that ring, like the whole time you're up to it, you, you're so scared, you're so nervous. And you're like, why am I doing this? Am I really doing this again? What happens? What what happens? Like, if you start thinking anything about doubt inside that ring, it's over. Like, it that's it. This other dude either wants as bad as you or more. Uh, I like to tell myself every time I go into a ring, like, they don't want it like I do. They don't, they're not like me. Nobody trains like me. Nobody works like me. Um... But it's hard, man, like just to keep that dedication, to keep that consistency to, bro, it's been two and a half years since I started training. It's been five years since you started training. It's, it's crazy. Uh, it's, it's a crazy pursuit. It's a crazy thing to do. It's a crazy dream to have. It's yeah. When I was in, when I was in high school, I went to J-Rob, like the J-Robinson wrestling camp. Mm -hmm. J-Robinson is a very famous wrestling coach from Minnesota. Minnesota. <laughs> and uh, and so, you know, you had these crazy intense wrestling camps with 
multiple practices a day. We had to do weigh-ins twice a day to make sure we weren't losing weight too fast because of all the calories we were burning. But anyway. Oh yeah, yeah. I lost my train of thought for a second. But anyway, oh, so I guess I'm not the part only. of being there was the first thing you had to do was take a quote and post it above your bed and it said, get up and train while your opponent is asleep. And so every day we'd wake up at five to go for our run. And we'd wake up and we'd have to look up at get up and train while your opponent is asleep. Yeah, and like, you know, that's like, that's like Floyd after winning his fights, you know, he'd go in the club drink water and then run you know home and jeans <laughs> yeah yeah it's just there's a different level of dedication matt frazier is another great example of a champion if you guys you know who matt frazier is yeah but not like hit me with the backstory for so frazier frazier was a is a crossfit games champion five time mm -hmm. crossfit games games champion and he beat people you know i I know it's hard to tell without watching the games, but he'd win, and the second guy would be 100 points behind him, right? Like, he'd just crush the competition. And Matt was a aerospace engineer, I believe, and then ended up getting into training full-time. But when he was a champion, he wouldn't even go, like, hiking because it would upset his caloric balance, right? Like, he, everything was down to his side. He didn't want to fuck with his recovery. So for the years he was competing, it was just like, every calorie every second every rest every like that was it was all calculated perfectly and you know that's is that the level of dedication that you have to be to be that good you know it's definitely something i need to hone in on like just working on that cycle yeah um or what it, oh my god what or what we could do is just you know I won't name names, but just pull pull move like a bunch of the dudes in the jujitsu community and just pump ourselves full of steroids. That's what I'm thinking, bro. That's what I'm thinking. And ignore all the math. You know, Boost my metabolic much, shit. Eat as much food as possible. And, I know steroids that you can take. I know. Allegedly. 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 Jug test me, bro. The, the jag always comes out clean. I am nothing but natural, bro. I am different. But Brandon, I mean, we're not. We're not. BK, B BTK, that's what we're going to call you. BTK um, baby. Yeah, he slays that, but no. Um, oh, <laughs> Brandon slays that underage. Oh, bro, we can't. <laughs> Allegedly. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> On record, Brandon. Brandon is only attracted to ladies who are above 18. On record. Uh, Queen's above 21 or 20. Okay, dog. Now you got the dog choking up on your bullshit, bro. You <laughs> no, <laughs> bro, funs and games. Um, but what were you saying? <laughs> I don't think I was saying anything. This is the most nebulous podcast that's yeah. ever existed. I think it was you talking. I said BTK killer, and you were about to say something. Yeah, you were. And then you said underage, and then it just went on the rails. Yeah, man. yeah. Brandon got all hot and bothered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so, do you do you know the history of Muay Thai? Because I don't really know the history. Muay Thai is pretty dope, bro. I think we're gonna have to save it for another podcast because we are running a little high on time. Something like that. Like we might be around forty-five minutes plus, something like that. Um, but Muay Thai is really interesting, man. Uh, Muay Thai is essentially like. 
it's the national sport of Thailand. There's a rich history behind yeah. it. There's a huge culture. There's a huge... It's literally like... Instead of playing soccer over there, they fight. They do Muay Thai. Um, There's a prison in Thailand that um, that has like a comp- competition of like all the people who want to be in that prison fighting in Muay Thai. And they have them. They, give they them fight their way out. And I- they give them... Uh, I think they give them um, the protective shin stuff as well. Um, and they, they let them fight. And it's just a release for them. Is that still like an ongoing thing though? It I is. thought. I think so. This is how much of a crazy person I am. I've imagined that like if I go to jail, the worst part of it would be that they wouldn't let me train jujitsu in jail. Oh, dude, they would. They yeah, definitely no, they would. Wouldn't. They give you releases. I feel like. Because I mean, they have They just think you're having bum bum, bro. Oh, you don't know what I'm planning. Whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) Uh, That's fair. (laughs) You said a point's a point. Um, Oh, my. (laughs) No. uh, Muay Thai has a very rich history. I'd love to talk about that soon. But I got to pee and I'm about to explode. I've drunk at least two bottles of water, a body armor edge, power punch with hydration and caffeine. And it has... So we'll Way too much sugar, but right, I'll have you know, bro, that's a lot of sugar. Forty-five is a lot of grams of sugar. So we'll do we'll do the history. That's of a lot of sugar. We'll do the history. It's of pure can. It's healthy. Of Next. Next. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I gotta pee though. So thanks for trying. <laughs> no, I mean I tinkle. Go. We. Thanks for tuning in to the professor, the jag, and the pederast. Uh, Whoa! I, I don't know what the uh, so. Thanks for tuning. In. <laughs> thanks for tuning in. Thanks for following the journey of the Jag. Uh, Jag and friends was <laughs> it was fun. Next time we're gonna play with some more stuff beforehand. We're gonna it's gonna be hundred and twelve times better. But thanks for joining me, Brandon. Dap me up. Yes, sir. Hey, hey. Mister Lucas Pucas, dap me up. Oh, that's your foot. Uh, You guys have a good day. I hope this is like a great start to your weekend. And I'll see you guys again soon. Adios.